0: Hello and welcome to Find Your Center. I'm Kim Perrone, Certified Life Coach with the Center for Clarity, Compassion, and Contentment. I know that's a mouthful, so I call it Center 4C. The name is meaningful, and these qualities of clarity, compassion, and contentment are what we all need more of, so thank you for listening. I am here today with two of my favorite people, Tisha from the Slightly Unmeditated Podcast channel and Chad. Who we're going to talk today because our topic is life coaching hot topics with Chad, and we may even make this a series. So, we've thought a lot about topics and we'll be talking about life coaching. So, hello, my friends. Hello.
1: Hello. Thanks for having me. <laughs>
0: Thank you both for being here and Tisha, pro- producing and making it all happen as, as usual. So you can feel free to, to be as active or not as you would like in this episode, Tisha. Okay. I'm going for some motivation here. So all hook right. me up. All right. All right. So Chad, when we talked uh, talked about having you back. I got great feedback from having you on the Living with Intention episode. So thank you so much for yep, for helping us talk about life planning and and that process in life coaching that you and I did um, and with you as a client. But I we thought about that even moving that discussion forward. And the other day, we Chad and I were talking about mental toughness and grit and. Really, maybe even thinking about how how that came about and and even just your your perspective. Cause I just thought that was that was great. And I think in your field and career you think about this a lot. And one of the things that stood out for me that I'd like us to talk about too was it was interesting because they were more masculine terms masculine motivating self-compassion moving forward type terms and it it caused me to pause and think yeah we we want to be speaking to you know a male and female coaching clients here and what resonates most with you in moving forward
1: yeah so obviously those two terms mean a lot to me grit is like every day i wake up and i have to grind right i got to hit the grind um my alarm goes off at five o'clock at five 15 I'm downstairs. I'm doing my stretches, my exercises and not because I love doing that by no means. Um, I'm doing it because I just need to get the right start to the day. And when I think about grit is, you know, for years, I was really, really good at um, coming up with excuses or reasons why I couldn't do a lot of things. And so the grit is really just, I guess, the motivation internally to start building the right habits and and starting the day off. Right. And I'm 20 years now in my, my industry, the financial industry. And one of the things that I've seen over and over again with a lot of turnover rate and a lot of people is they were missing that they were missing the grit. When I saw the high turnover rate, when I saw the people that weren't making it in my industry specifically and in other, other places, like other types of businesses, the grit was the, was the one that stood out and also, um, another topic we'll probably hit on today is mental toughness. So kind of goes hand in hand. And so that was a that was a big, big topic for me
0: And then too, with the grit sort of even building off similar letters in the same world, it regret. So sometimes when you start to make those plans to do things, the grit, the grind, you know, maybe it feels it can feel a little negative and then we, we might start to put in action some some new things but then our mind wanders over to regret well if i only started this a year ago uh, i would be in better shape right now or it, it, that could apply to exercise investing uh, all kinds of topics and you know we've talked a lot about that where you know you don't want to look look too much spend too much energy mental energy now is the time right we don't want to what does yeah. that do for us right so i ask you what do you what do you think how what did you find about that looking yeah. backwards kind of feeling bad
1: well it was really easy to stay in that zone it was like keeping yourself um you know somewhat of a I want to say uh like like when you're depressed or you're feeling the anxiety of like hey my life could have been different if I only did this. Um, I was really good at reflecting on all the things that I didn't do right. But what I was not good at is reminding myself of all the things I did do right. Um, and so, for me, it was all right. You can't spend all this time, uh, you know, regretting everything that you, you didn't do right. Now it's time to put everything in action that you know you need to be doing. And where's and that's where my energy needed to just shift. And so. I, I've seen that many, many times and even working with whether it's clients or just mentoring somebody in, in my industry. They're all they're always talking about what I didn't do and wish I would have done this differently. And I say, well, well, then what do you need to do now in order to make a change in your life? Now you have today. It starts mm-hmm. with today.
0: And there are a couple of quick coaching exercises right within that that which you just said, which is it's a quick shift. You start feeling yourself in regret and shift it. Wait, I'm one, think I'm exactly where I'm meant to be and I'm here now and now is all that's real. And so what am I going to do now based on that regret? Like what's the learning? Mo- just move it forward. It's, it's you, We're all exactly where we're meant to be right now. So for whatever reason, anything that we didn't do can't be a reason to just swirl around and make excuses in our heads and not move forward.
1: Yeah. I needed to go through the pain of that growth and and experience those things that I, um, that I did maybe not correctly or in the right order. I needed to go through that in order to actually grow and have those and get those experiences because now I can go out and share those experiences with the younger people in my industry or my clients or whatever. And now I have the ability to, save them the time and aggravation in a way. But I think I needed to go through those those tough growth moments and those learning the learning times. Um, I would not be where I am today without those hard times. Um, and
0: often in coaching, I say, you know, you're thinking that there was some other path if only I did this or that sooner. But what if there is no other alternate reality that you're just r- right, exactly where you're meant to be and there's no sense thinking about the other path and like you said it you know today you are the person that you are made up of all of those experiences so you move it into um, that experience that probably matches your credentials and your education now you have this real human experience yourself in life to put together for your clients.
1: Yeah, I had, I had a a certain level of responsibility just as a, I feel like as a male figure in my household, I, I was raised where I I was told by my grandfather that, you know, you need to take care of everything and you need to do a a great job and try your best on a daily basis. And so for me, it was just, I have this level of responsibility that I have to live up to Maybe it's a man thing. I'm sure women wake up and feel that as a responsibility, whatever it is as well. But in a man, you know, when my grandfather was speaking to me from man to man, he was saying, you know what, you're gonna have this responsibility whether you like it or not, and you're gonna have to figure it out. And so I'm sharing my experiences, sharing all the all the, the things that I did wrong with my clients today. And I think that's one right off the rip, building trust with them and allowing them to kind of immediately um, uh, what, what do you want to call it? It's almost like they're relating to me instantly, um, and building that trust. And then on the other side, they're, they're allowing me to, um, I guess, bring the wall or bring their wall down to allow me to kind of learn more about them and, and what they may have screwed up in, in their life. And then I learn from the clients, which is mm-hmm. kind of interesting. So there's a lot of times where I'm sitting down with somebody and I'm like trying to have a basic conversation, not even clients just could be friends, and when I share my phone vul- and I'm vulnerable and I, I share what it is that I didn't do right. And what I've learned from that, it's amazing when out what they say mm-hmm. and it allows us to like have this mutual bond. And then as a, if I'm talking from male to male, we're instantly the walls down We're we're able to like have this manly bond. And then <laughs> we're like powerful together. Right. And now all of a sudden we're like, we're going to go get this our, you know, together as a, as a team. So I don't know. That's, that's what I've seen.
0: And feel good about it. Neat thing. Neat thing that you just brought up too is mental toughness and grit and vulnerability being the path towards that, which is counterintuitive. We might not think um, we might think on the surface when we're thinking about mental toughness and grit is not being authentic and vulnerable, but it is, it's a doorway it's a doorway to not swirling in those negative emotions or feeling like you have to put on airs. Um, That level of authenticity and vulnerability on your part helps someone else feel like they're not with some slick, you know, perfect guy that they're, they would be embarrassed to be authentic themselves. Yeah. You know, so that's, it's a part of the toughness. To be soft, I guess. If you wanted a quick, quick, rem- memorable term, I guess is that vulnerability.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm, I talk to clients about uh, periodically, and just my, in relationships that I have, business relationships, I, I say, you know, I wanna, I wanna get to know you, where you're from, what what you're about. I wanna know about, you know, what made you choose what you're doing. How'd you build the business that you built? What made you choose that? You know, that kind of stuff. And what usually comes out out of that is like, they always start with the story of like from building something from the ground up and all the pain and suffering that they had to go through to get to where they are today. And I just, there's something about that area of conversation that's very attractive to me and and always relates to, it reminds me of the mental toughness. Like they had to go through those pains. Like I was saying earlier, in order to be successful or to, to do the things that they're doing today. Um, and I'm sure all of us, male or female, it doesn't matter, are all going through those pains in order to be successful today or getting on the right path toward towards success.
0: Sure. Hindsight's... 2020, sometimes I'll say to clients, if I waved a magic wand and you could go forward, you could go way forward and then look back and go, oh, it all worked out. And then zoom back to the present moment. Wouldn't you feel a whole lot better about approaching everything? Because you're like, oh, I know how it turns out. And so many people are in that spot here's how it turns out. You know, when they look back, then they go, oh, that pain and suffering is all a part of who I am, the ups, the downs, we have the triumphs the tragedies. But really, I think the mental toughness is to, you know, again, this is counterintuitive, but part of mental toughness is knowing not to stay in resistance for too long. Don't waste your time on things that don't Help you move forward. And then if you do, or you had a time when you did that, don't beat yourself up about it in the future. Or in the present moment or in the future. It's not about beating yourself up about things you didn't do then. Try and you just gotta try start and, doing it now. Yeah. Try and stave <laughs> that off. In the present right. moment, remember that you don't want to swirl in resistance or regret. Whatever it is, is meant to propel you forward.
1: Yeah, um, I'm going through that right now. Actually, I'm going through a resistance time right now, and you just helped me. Re- you help remind me of it. Is I'm trying to expand and and grow my business, and financially, I don't want to make some of these big decisions yet. I'm comfortable not making those decisions just yet. But the reality is, in talking to good mentors and people in, in my industry, they said, "Well, if you don't stretch yourself or increase your expenses or you know increase your payroll, whatever it is, you're not going to get closer to a lot of these goals, these big goals that you set ahead of yourself." Um, which is a very scary moment right now. So um, the resistance is, I don't know if I want to hire these certain people that I'm need that are needed on my team, and I'm scared of how that's all going to play out. Of course. Um, but looking back, you know, of my past experiences, I should have done certain things even sooner Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: I'd be in a different place. Right. Not to, not to, you know, dwell on regret again, but it's like, I better start taking action that's uncomfortable now and just believe in myself to make sure that, um, you know, All I need to do is really believe in myself and make sure that, you know, that everybody sees that. And I'm leading by example that I'm, I got that mental toughness. I'm going to, whatever job that has to get done in order for this to work, I have the grit. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm in that process right now with that, (laughs) as you bring up resistance is like, all right, you're going to have to make this decision right now or you're not. And you're just going to stay happy and very, very comfortable or you're going to stretch yourself and be extremely uncomfortable and now you're going to grow a lot.
0: And um, that is wow, you just described personal growth, you know, personal or professional growth yeah. does involve risk. So especially when you can look back and say you're also matching it up with a regret. So you're you the going forward, the question is actually more are you mature enough to back it up? And I don't mean that in, to imply in any way that you were ever immature. It's just like that. <laughs> it's, it's that how you, when you say, for, to use that as an example, that you, you, know, you look back and you could have done that at other periods and didn't. The lesson there is that you should have, meaning now you're going to. Do you follow? Yeah.
1: So yeah, never to say
0: that you're immature but to say like now you ask yourself have, have i matured into this idea enough to back it up all the way and be ready be ready for that growth. Well
1: i would say that i was immature. I mean i i, I didn't know enough. I didn't have the confidence. Um i wasn't try, i wasn't as much of a risk taker as i am probably today. But once you've done the test you know the trial and tribulations of business and and you've realized that man you don't you have no idea what you're capable of yeah you, you have no idea what the what your limits are right there is the sky's the limit they always say so for me it was like all right I don't know what's gonna be the result of all these decisions I'm about to make but what I do know is if I don't make these decisions I know exactly where I'm probably going to be because mm-hmm. that's that's too safe almost. And if I want change and I want to make an impact on more people, and, and that's my ultimate passion is, is making impact on people is if I want to make that change and do it on a more um, abundance level, mm-hmm. I have to have more people, even, even though the risk is maybe high and it's probably not even that high. It's just, you overanalyze things as a human being. And you realize that after you've analyzed it over and over again, it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, you just make it out to be, cause that's your like ego or your defensive voice talking to you, trying to protect you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so for, for me, um, I just had, I know I need to do the work that I need, that it has to be done. I have to have the grit I got to stay tough mentally. And then I just got to take high, higher risk, to, you know, chances in order to have that next level of growth.
0: Mm-hmm. And you're ready to back it up and yeah. do what right. you need to do. And then also in the mix, you were also thinking about and had a wonderful analogy about the time of your life that you're in right now too. That plays a factor in this move.
1: Yeah. The analogy for me is I'm a sports fanatic. So I love relating to sports for any sports fans out there. Um, I felt that my life has been compartmentalized in a way based on a quarters, four quarters of a football game. And I look at it as I went through the first quarter, which is ages, you know, age zero through 20. And then I went to the second quarter I just reached my 40th birthday. So I, I went through 20. To anyway. 40, thank you. <laughs> yeah. 20th. I just, you know, 20 to 40 was the second quarter. And then, you know, if you know anything about football, there's a halftime and you got to regroup and really, really think, rethink your strategy. And that's, what I just, I guess, started experiencing. I'm in halftime right now and I'm about to enter the third quarter of my life, which is ages 40 through 60. And I'm saying, what did I learn from the first quarter of the game to the second quarter of the game? And then what are my obstacles? What are the things that I'm going to experience? We talked about this in the other podcast, limiting beliefs. You know, What are my limiting beliefs? What are going to be my blocks that I'm going to run up against? And then Do I feel like I'm more prepared mentally, toughness, grit, all those things that we talked about earlier? Um, Am I ready to really take it, you know, take it on in the third quarter? And then what is that vision going to look like? So age 40 to 60. So I looked at it for myself and I said, all right, well, I have three children. That's going to put them almost all through, I think, college years. And some of them might even be married and have kids by that time, if I'm lucky, right? Mm -hmm. And that's that was kind of t- a teardrop for me <laughs> to be <Right>. honest. Uh, <laughs> Shocking uh, when you like, think
0: of it that way, right? How I'm going to be sitting at now?
1: home wondering where everybody is, and I'm just gonna be sitting there, you know, what bugging their- them probably.
0: Yeah. What are their ages now?
1: Ten, eight, and two. Oh. So, so I figured twenty years, right? Thirty years <laughs> old, twenty-eight years old, and twenty-two years old. So that's going to be a whole different ball game of experiences in life. Um, and I'm hoping that. um not hoping, I know that it's going to be an awesome time. Right. So going into the fourth quarter, I got to be ready, right. Mm -hmm. To bring, you know, to do my best. And so I've learned so many things in those first two quarters of my life. And I've done so many different things wrong, but I did so many things right. And so I got to constantly remind myself of what I did right. And then just try to do a lot better job at those right things than I did in the first 40 years of my life and the second 40. And so that's where I've kind of placed my life. And so all my goals, all my goals are aligned, um, for that 20 year window. And, um, I don't know if that's exactly what you were asking about, but that's, that's where I'm at right now. Mentally is figuring that out. I'm in halftime trying to figure out what that third quarter is going to look like in my life.
0: I like it. I like the visual that you create with that. And then even the fourth quarter being 60 to 80 right so it even gives right. us that e- more future oriented is okay. and in the lessons too moving and shifting the inner critic to the inner motivator like hey you know we made mistakes yeah. it i learned from them and how do i want that to play into this next level of maturity and how is the grit that it's, count, again, a counterintuitive thing. But, yeah, grit doesn't mean beating yourself up about things that didn't go right. It means learning from them.
1: hmm Yeah. And, by the way, I'm not dying at age 80. Just so you know. Right. I'm going to yeah, die at 90. Is it I'm overtime?
0: 80 yeah, to 100. I, I'm going
1: into overtime. You stole it from me. That is exactly what it's happening. So anything above 80 is overtime. And, and, and the beautiful thing about me is it's not like a quick you know, it's touchdown in the football world and it's over. No, I get to maybe spread that out for another quarter. So I might have five quarters. I don't even know yet, but, um, I'm super excited about the third quarter Yeah, and breaking that down with, with, with you and, and talking about readjusting the three pillars that we talked about last time, um, the family, the health, spirituality, and the growth, financial growth, um, Right now we're, I know we're, we're working on that right now and trying to reevaluate that and write that out again. It's kind of like my, my homework assignment right now. So it's, it's active. It's active in my mind right now. It's busy.
0: And how does it feel?
1: feels fantastic because I think I feel bad for people that are not spending enough time on themselves like that because they're missing out on a lot. I think, um, you think people go to, they wake up in the morning, they deal with their family or their animals or whatever. They go to work. Uh, they do the grind. They get paid. They come home. Maybe they'll hit some Netflix. They'll maybe make a meal or maybe pick up food on the way home. And then they go to sleep and then they go, to keep doing that over and over again. And I just, for me, that's who I was at different points in my life. But now I'm looking at it as I have a, a little more of a purpose to what I'm doing and I feel like it gives me a level of excitement. I'm able to wake up earlier. I know it's morning time isn't for everyone, right? But it seems I, I want more of my day. I want more time uh, to be more active. And so that's why I'm waking up an hour and a half, two hours, or even earlier in the day. Um, I don't know. That's that's basically where I'm at right now is it feels great. It feels exciting. It's motivating. Um. And I'm excited to see what the what comes at that time.
0: It has so much purpose too. So even just talking about your kids, they you're in the thick of it. I mean, there you are like actively parenting in all this time too. And they have their activities, and you have all the joys of parenthood too, like the fun things that they do, the cute things, the the you know, watching them perform in in the school things that they choose to do. And so it, it reminds me to give a busy person something to do and they get it done kind of thing where your age, the state of your family, your career all really building in this third quarter beginning the third quarter of experience and activity and you know the wisdom and and the intention how you want to live your life so you put that homework in you put that homework in to think how do I want to live and then backwards integrated it like okay then these are the things I need to do and that if you got to the end of that quarter If you got to the end of the third quarter and you didn't grow because you were too conservative at this point, like you're feeling very strong about the growth that needs to happen for you professionally and and being willing to take the risk and backing it up all the way with everything you've got. Um, All while balancing still, which I think is an important, you know, hot topic of the day is like that work life balance you know you have your family too so this doesn't mean um turning your back on them like daddy's got to be gone all the time kind of thing
1: no um you know what, about the halftime thing kind of entering that halftime in my life um i look at it as like also the mindset is like asking myself am i behind a couple touchdowns going into the half <laughs> or am i ahead a couple of touchdowns and either, no matter the answer i don't want to be comfortable I got to be extremely uncomfortable and I got to take some risks. You're obviously going to take more risk if you're a couple you're behind at halftime. Right. But, um, even if you're ahead, the worst thing you can do is become super comfortable. Is what I'm saying to myself. I can't get super comfortable because a bunch of things may have worked out for my life so far. I still got to get uncomfortable and I got to find ways to, to remain uncomfortable. Um, even though I'm ahead in the game, maybe in my life, or maybe someone's behind in the, in, in, in their game, I feel like that you still got to create that uncomfortability. Um, and then also I schedule out, you mentioned family and all the activities, you know, I, I got to recommend to anyone that I talk to every single time I, I say to them, try to build your calendar around all those things that are important to you and schedule out the time. Because if you're like me, you'll procrastinate and procrastinate, and you just never really get it done. So I, I try to schedule every activity in the calendar, and I, I sit down with my wife about once a month to discuss the calendar in that month or a month ahead or so, and everything's scheduled out. So my team knows and, and the people I work with, they know. Um, my family knows that I'm trying not to miss as much as I can in their lives, and I'm making the valid effort to schedule that time out around them. But I'm also trying to schedule time for myself as well. So not just for my family, but also for myself. And I will say that I didn't do that really well in my first half of the game. I was more, um, probably all about myself than my family. And then there was, uh, there was that period of time. And then there was a period of time where it was all my family and maybe not enough time on the business. And you saw the effects of that. And so, Um, Now, I think I have a little bit more of a balanced approach because I've scheduled all those activities out. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. I think it's the modern male's dilemma and opportunity. So this is a huge, huge issue I see that's great to talk about in coaching, which is men today want to be involved with their children's lives and both partners work And so as we move away from that old-fashioned model of, you know, one partner, generally it was the female doing all the home stuff and taking care of that, and then the male doing all the work stuff, the, the opportunity... For men today is to not have it so siloed like that and in men wanting to be involved in their kids' lives. And I think the huge benefit from it, it's huge for me- men in their children as well and for their spouse. And so as the modern style of couples today have both, it is looking at the calendar, right? Who's going where, what, who's taking the children to this activity? Which ones can you make? Which ones might you have to miss for business travel or whatever? Um, and vice versa for your wife as well. And t- to look at that, it the dilemma, it can be that it it, it does add a lot of confusion And you do need a lot of grit for it, right? Like you need a lot of mental toughness to sit down and figure out how you're going to do all that without it deflating you. Right. But the opportunity is huge. I mean, it's huge for you personally and for your children and spouse for you to not feel like you've missed a whole bunch of things because it was just easier to silo and say, if I'm going to be successful in business, well, I have to be. 1000% in it's
1: interesting you say that because I thought when I first got into the business world I thought that you just have to wake up really early in the morning be the first one in the office be the last one in there and that everybody would respect you and you would be like you know the, the toughest one of the of maybe my class or group that was coming in that year as an example and then everybody would respect me but and I would also have the most product productivity I thought that I'd be way more productive because I did that as well. Well, as time went on, I found out there was this thing called efficiency. Mm -hmm. And I, as soon as I started only giving myself a certain amount of time to, to do certain things, whether it was making phone calls or seeing clients or whatever it is that I was doing, I became more efficient. My process was tighter. I got things done quicker because I knew I only had a certain amount of time. And my production went way higher now. Uh So the question to myself was like, well, then when you were saying you felt so good telling people you were working 12 to 14 hours a day and you sometimes you'd go in on weekends and not see, spend time with your family. um, There was that life. And I was so proud to say I was such a hard worker and I was producing at an okay level, but not a top producer. And then over here, I tell people, I schedule everything around my family. I don't miss anything. I'm a dad, I'm a husband, I'm a family man. And I'm two to three times more productive than I was over here. And I work one third of the hours of focus time. They're like, whoa, I see a a lot different response from people. And most people want this other one over here, the efficiency. Mm -hmm. People want that lesser time to put in, but still get a lot of the results. That they're looking for,
0: you bet. And it makes me think about capacity. So this issue of capacity, a lot of times with clients, I'm looking for low hanging fruit of things to get rid of wasting their energy. So that to get to that point that you said, it's it's not about just having more time. It's about being efficient. And sometimes maybe it's too much time, and then maybe we dawdle, or we've or we've been sitting at a desk for too long, and we have diminishing rewards, right? Maybe we're even slowing up. Like your work is slowing up because you didn't get up or have that break. Um, you know, a couple of friends of mine, we talked about this um, at length one time, um, just socially too, about how when we were running our kids to our baseball games and how the pressure it felt like you hurry up, get your work done, go do that. And then when it was gone, that we didn't realize it wasn't just taking time away from work that we managed to handle. It's that it was also a fuel. It was an energy. It was fun. So when you took that away, there may have been a doldrums at work that didn't necessarily optimize our skills, talents, and abilities. So it's nice to debunk the myth That it's only success coming from, hey, do you have 12 to 14 hours to put into it? Because this is what it's going to take. Kind of an old-fashioned model to, how can I be strategic? And I think that's the key word. How can I be strategic and efficient, as you say, efficient, and get things done, and then go enjoy my child's activity?
1: I didn't want my kids... At some point, my, my mind was made up. I just didn't want my kids to say, uh, you know, yeah, my dad was a real hard worker. He worked hard for his family. And, yeah, he put in 60, 70 hours of work, and he was always working. Because I heard that about my grandfather when I was growing up. And my mother used to say to me, you know, I was like, I used to say, well, did you guys have dinner together? Well, not really. Grandpa would get home late because he worked, you know, a lot of hours and tried to always get a lot of overtime. Um, and I would hear all these different stories about that. And I was just, I made i made up my mind at some point. I said, you know, I'm not going to allow that to happen anymore. If my job or my work cannot allow me um, that freedom, that flexibility and that ability, to, that balanced lifestyle, then I'm no longer going to let somebody else kind of control the destiny and the relationship of how I'm seen by my children, if that makes sense. Sure. So, that was a, that was a huge turning point for me. And that's where I think I got the most success, like jump, like, well, you know, for, for where I'm at right now, I think once I made that decision, I said, and people, I would go to these, what they call client builders. And I would sit down with these people that were like running two times more activity than me grinding it out. And yeah, they were showing a little bit better result at that time, but I did not envy them. I did not want to do that. I didn't, I, and, and I couldn't find my motivation at that time. I was like, well, all right, where's my motivation? But when I made that decision that I was going to have to only be able to do my work in a, a, a short period of time and I'm going to have to be the most efficient with no distractions, I found that I was getting more work done in that four-hour work hour mm-hmm. or four-hour work day than a 10 to 12 hours. Because most of the time I was just messing around or wasting time or reading an article or doing something to act like I was working. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I could let all that go and just be like, I'm done. I just did it today before we did this recording. I said, I'm going in at, you know, eight o'clock, eight 30, and I'm going to knock out four hours of really hard focus work. And I did that. And I feel amazing because now I can kind of just refocus, I can focus my energy on what we're doing right now. Right. And I don't have to worry about what's coming up behind that. And I already, I put my four hours that would probably equal most people's eight to 10 hour a day. Cause it was a hundred percent focus time.
0: Nice. So it's actually moving from the grind to flow. You found flow. You knew I've got this amount of time I'm going to focus and it's not going to be eight to 10 hours, which is where you start seeing that creeping in of the dawdling or the taking breaks and things like that. I mean, it's, it's a different discussion too if someone is in more of that traditional type of job, but still you can still do that in blocks of time to get that feeling and, and the breaks that could be motivating instead of um, demotivating or wrecking you know your flow, but to change from feeling like life is a grind or that each work day that you have is grind to finding flow and enjoyment in the blocks of time doing what you can do so that it's feeling easy. You have the flow, you know what you need to do. You're going to do it. And then just cranking it out. No resistance, no spinning around in your chair, (laughs) looking for water cooler chat to distract yourself. So actually brings up another good point about distraction. We're a very distracted society today.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Um, I, one thing I was going to say on that before it was some jobs don't allow it. You mentioned that, mm-hmm. and that's totally hundred percent. Some people just have to be in that chair for a certain period of time. And I get it, and I respect those people for doing their job because somebody has got to do it. Right. Um, and a lot of my clients are those people that I, mm-hmm. or, or friends that I, you know, that I hang out with are those people and I get it. Um, but I do believe that if, if you can, depending on what kind of industry or business that you're in, um, like a restaurant shouldn't ideally be open only for three or four hours, right? They, they got to stay open for the 10 hours or whatever to, you know, they can't just close the door and say, we'll be very efficient today and only work three or four hours. Um, I get that. But for certain businesses, I think this really relates to them. I think it allows them to um, be more productive. Owners of businesses, people that are kind of self-employed or in a sales role or something like that, I think this relates more to the, probably those people right now. Um, but I will tell you, it's unbelievable how more productive you can be when you start compartmentalizing your energy. And it's my own personal experience, trial and error. I've Once I started compartmentalizing it and realizing I can only focus for two hours on this and two hours on that, and I have to do the best job I can, it was amazing how much more results came out of that than... Spreading it out over a whole work day and hope you know, and then half the time, not even probably hitting the goals that I was trying to originally achieve,
0: right you um, had the diminishing returns of yep that. exactly mm-hmm. so you know, the
1: distractions you mentioned, yeah, yeah, right?
0: let's go there, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, so you know the distractions are there's gonna be people that are time eaters, right, they love eating your time, so that's mm-hmm. the people sometimes in my office where. You know, they're going to come and talk to you and try to spend time with you or talk about all the things that are going wrong in their life. (laughs) Right. (laughs) There's a lot of that. Um, The drama in the office, that kind of stuff. It's hard to kind of push that all away. But there's probably things that you can do. Like I used to put a little sign on my door. It wasn't to be rude, it was just to say, um, cannot be interrupted, you know, from this time to this time or something like that. I I used to put those kind of, do that kind of stuff just to kind of hear if people, even though I may not, I could have been available and maybe talked to them for five minutes. I needed that zeroing in, narrow focus. I can't have anybody disrupt me because I'm in my own world at that time. And uh, so I started doing little things like that. Even when I was working in an office environment, I try to work out of the office more now. But um, so it's easier to control. But it's really hard when you're in an office setting and people are knocking on your door and, and just want to talk and tell you about what's going on with Jimmy down the street, you know? Yeah. Especially um, if you're
0: a good listener, like you yeah, are. Yeah. They're like, yeah. he's really
1: good at listening and, you know, and giving <laughs> advice.
0: Um,
1: what they don't realize is that hour goes by eating up, two hours goes by and that could have been the time I'm spending with my kids or working on my health or we're working on something that I more enjoy. and It's profitable for me as a human being. So um, the distractions are there but there's probably ways that you can, you can set up your environment to be less distracted and really spend time thinking about that because that's where I, I spend a lot of time.
0: I think we are a society trained to distraction. And I, I look back and to what you said, I used to have people in my door. Well, in, in the traditional office setting many years ago, my office was near the restrooms. So, as you can imagine, oh, yeah. people used to stop and talk all the time. And I love people. I hope everyone listening senses that. You know, I love people. So, I used to push all my work aside and cram it in because I'd have all these conversations. And it was hard. And I, you know, where were you back then? I needed you to say, why don't you just close your door between 11 and one <laughs> to do those blocks of time? Like for me with maturity, I've, I've realized that um, how much I enjoy focused work and how much maybe that old fashioned when you're in an office with lots of other people, that old fashioned style of just have your door open and everything pops in when it pops in and everything pops up, even maybe email alerts and things like that. It causes us to do too much multitasking. We get into something and then we're interrupted and we do something else. And while it's nice to keep everything flowing, you actually don't have flow. You don't have enough of mental flow in that you may be, um, having all those conversations, but you're in and out. It's too mentally draining. Um, so maybe part of a mental toughness too, is that it's too draining to have too many distractions to let yourself don't multitask all the time. Right. We've talked about that.
1: Oh yeah. The multitasking, but you know, it's so, it's so hard to reset. So like to reset yourself, if you're ever working on something and then someone interrupts you or you see a text message, it's really hard to, you ever tried to like say to yourself, you know, don't look at that text. You're right in the middle of something, you know, there's a text, but there's an email and how hard it is to like, as human beings now, like with this technology world, like it is so hard to not want to read that text. And once soon as I do, I read that text, whether it's something dramatic that happened to somebody or could be just a simple comment. I'm gone, right? I'm gone. I'm (laughs) off onto this other Avenue of thought. I lost everything that I was really focused on and being super productive about. Um, so the multitasking just, it doesn't work for me. I I don't know people that can do that. I'm, you know, my hat's off to you on that one. Um, but the also like, I think it was the movie up where it it had the dog that says squirrel and he turns and he kind of like looks at everything. That was totally me in the first part of my career and I would call it in the first quarter to second almost end of the second quarter and now what I'm trying to do is again li- have those um, limitations of that being a, being a distraction um, focusing on one thing at that time and then releasing that one thing. I have people come to me and my team all the time and they say, "Well I just I got so many things to get done. I got so many things to get done." And I'm like, did you put it to paper? Did you actually write down? all of the to-dos and then maybe a T-chart of some sort and said, this is a to-do and on the other side is a priority for today. Mm -hmm. And and literally everything that's on your mind, take 15 minutes and just write everything that you can think of that is a to-do or a priority or, you know, choose which side it's on. And all you have to do is go down the line and cross one at a time, but don't think about any of those other things while you're doing that. And tell me what happened at the end of the day. And they'll come in, and they'll have like 20, 30 things lined off. And they're like, I can't believe the energy is different. They they feel like they accomplished so much. Um, and I do that for myself. So I was only, you know, saying that to them because I actually did it myself. Um, and I encourage everyone to do that. It's like when you have so much mind garbage going on, it's it's really important to put it to paper.
0: Well, and as a coach, I often say too, a line on a piece of paper, they can all be the same size. Are they the same size time and effort wise when you're actually doing that task? You know, same as the little blocks of time on your calendar. Like, do we underestimate sometimes? And and so being able to keep track of the things you need to do and then also, you know, keep track, but not everything's equal and we know that often we get to the end of the day went way i had a list of 20 things and i only did 3 because that may not be wrong <laughs> those were the yeah. 3 that needed to get done that day okay. and they yeah. took x amount of time so i think those are good mental toughness too if you can have a little bit of you know put what works for you organizationally in and then not um in, in a smart way, in a smart, sustainable way, minimizing that multitasking too, because sustainability, we we're not mentally as strong when we're in and out of tasks too frequently. Right.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's draining. <laughs> it's it's so, draining. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so, I one of the things I'm thinking too is, um, so mental toughness or grit. Uh, What haven't we, what have we missed? Yeah. Have we missed any piece of it?
1: Well, I think the excuses thing for me, um, I'm really good at coming up excuses. I may have mentioned that earlier. I'm really good at getting myself out of the uh, uncomfortability and making up the reasons why I don't need to do it. Or, you know, my mom's not feeling well, so I'm going to go to my mom's. She's not feeling well. So I'm going to go to my mom's. That'll allow me to not make the calls that I needed to do. Someone asked me why you didn't do the calls. Well, my mom's not feeling well. Um, So I was really good at always coming up with reasons of why I didn't need to do something or why it didn't get done. And people bought it. I was really good at selling those (laughs) stories, by the way. They all bought it. They all felt sorry for me. And they all, you know, it's like Facebook today. Everybody speaks their, you know, certain things on Facebook about, You know, oh, I I got a bumper-to-bumper accident today. I don't know. And really no damage, but it sounds serious. Oh, I hope you're all right. I'm praying for you, blah, 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 blah. And I think that's beautiful and supportive. But the time it took for them to put that up there, and now they're going to read all these 109 comments and spend all that time on there, I feel like I could go spend that time elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And I find that people are – Just spending a tremendous amount of time, um, you know, and not just being tough mentally and just saying, all right, yeah, I faced an obstacle today. I got through that. Now let's get back on the track of what I need to do in order to be productive today. I feel like it's really easy to go off and, and look for empathy.
0: Well, it's interesting too, because it's like if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around to hear it, did it make any noise? So scientifically, I think of course it makes noise, right? But along those same lines too, you know, can we have an obstacle that we don't put on Facebook? Can we have a vacation that we don't put on Facebook? And you're right that everyone is evaluating and great way to bring in an issue we hadn't talked about on mental toughness is mental toughness is sometimes reigning in those distractions and distractions of going down, you know, ha, the, what what is wasting your time? And what are you finding? Like, oh my gosh, a half an hour just went by and I was just doing, you know, blank, fill in the blank. And so, you know, things like That could be the same reading everyone's comments or having, you know, expressing myself. You want to keep that in check as well. To just, again, it's this what is a good flow in your life that gets you where you want to go, a good flow of your energy and your engagement. And I just think so much of what we talked about. I appreciate you sharing your personal examples. Uh, the hot topic today being mental toughness and, and grit. And of course, we covered regret and excuses. Don't spend so much too much time there. Distractions. Watch your time there. Um, intention. You know how you want to live.
1: Uh, Compartmentalizing.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Your time. It, strategic with your time and get into that flow state of, you know, getting things done quickly, efficiently, and then take the break, take the break or do the other activity that you need to do. So of course there's so much more we could cover and, uh, and I, and I hope we do. Let's, let's think of other hot topics and, and uh, maybe money matters or motivation and things like that are future topics. And I hope Great. you're, I hope you'll come back, Chad.
1: Yes. I'll, I'll be uh, back.
0: I would just like to point out that you labeled this part one. So <laughs> now it is required to do at least part two. Uh-huh. Yay. <laughs> Good point. Well, It wasn't exactly trickery. We, we did talk about (laughs) that. So, oh, thank you so, so much. Any final thoughts?
1: Uh, No, I just, you know, keep doing the grind. Um, When things get tough or hard, you just, you need to be mentally tough. You need to maybe instead of spending so much time and energy to go look for sympathy, maybe just, you know, meditate, pray, whatever it is that you need to do to kind of get your mind back refocused and then know exactly what you're, you know, you're, you're supposed to be doing at that moment. Remind yourself of exactly what your priorities are at that moment.
0: Yeah. It's like a, the mi- mindset matters in, in keeping yourself mentally tough. So thank you so much. I, I, I loved having you here today and look forward to additional parts uh for our our conversation and in other topics that we can cover together thank you so much and thank Thank you you. tisha as well for making this all work and uh and being here to to listen and produce the show Uh, so and for our listeners i hope you're all feeling a bit more centered and we'll be back again next tuesday with another edition of find your center with life coach kim perone that's me. So you can reach out to me uh, at Kay Perone at center4c.com or connect with us on the Slightly Unmeditated Facebook or Instagram pages or email good vibes at slightly com. And we'd love to use your coaching questions on an upcoming show. So that's all the time we have to, for today. Uh, again, Kim Perone, helping you to find your center. Each time you do, you build a better world. My heart is full. Thank you for listening. I look forward to connecting with you again. Until next time, I wish you clarity, compassion, and contentment.